Hello and welcome to another episode of Football Talk Podcast. My name is Ozzy and I'm your host for today's show. Now it's the final match week before the World Cup begins. So I'll be reviewing some big games that came up uh, last weekend. So the first game is Man City versus Brentford. So Brentford managed to get an unexpected win over the current champions at the Etihad. And it was Ivan Tony who stole the show. Now, he's been sort of talk of the town because he wasn't selected for the England World Cup squad. Personally, I think it was partly because there's a current investigation that involves him placing bets early in his career, which is unfortunate timing. Now, maybe someone scooped those sort of old tweets or I don't know how they discovered that uh, against him, but... Yeah, very unfortunate for him as I feel like he would have done a great job for the England team. But he responded in positive fashion and he let his football do the talking. Brentford were very impressive, to be honest, from especially from the first half. They were playing with a lot of pressing, a lot of aggression and great intensity in their play. They took the lead as Ben Mee heads the ball towards Tony kick and Tony was able to head it over Edison to open the scoreline. Man City then get an equaliser with an exquisite volley from Phil Foden. I don't think he could have hit that ball any sweeter. Beautifully hit. Brentford were able to get the important winner in the closing stages of the game. A counter-attack uh, move from Wissa running on the left wing to the silver, who flashes the ball across goal and simple tapping for Ivan Tony there. To be fair, he, he should have probably have gotten a hat-trick. Moments later, Brentford pretty much repeated the same move again on a counter-attack. Antonio was very close to claiming his third goal of the game, but it wasn't to be, which was saved by Edison in the end. Overall, a great win for Brentford. And for me, very much deserved. This defeat means City are now five points adrift from Arsenal. So, you know, I don't need to tell you that. I'm sure Arsenal fans have been telling everyone that they're top of the league and they're doing so well right now. So... Yeah, we'll have to bear with it until further notice. Uh, we've just got a comment here from Solo7, who says, Big up. Thank you, Solo7, for your comment. Big up yourself. Thank you for tuning in. Next game, Liverpool versus Southampton. So, newly appointed manager for Southampton in the name of Nathan Jones. Uh, takes his team to the fortress that is Anfield. And let's be honest, there's only going to be one winner there. Liverpool started in flying fashion. As Firmino flicks the ball with his head from a rubber free kick and he somehow manages to hit the back of the net. Great header from Firmino, considering the long distance it was um, neatly executed. For me, Firmino was quite unlucky not to be selected in the World Cup, so he must have been disappointed with the omission from the squad. I think he's been in great form, considering last year he had a season where he was unfortunately injured injury uh, plagued during the during the campaign and there's other players selected i.e uh, Richarlison that have been selected and he's been awful this season so hey look from a Liverpool fan's po- point of view I'm not complaining it only benefits Liverpool that he gets to rest and re-energize for the second half of the season but from a personal point of view I'm sure he would love to have played the World Cup so disappointing for him on a personal level there Southampton, back to the game, didn't waste any time in getting an equaliser. 
lovely whipped cross by Ward Prowse, who was another player that wasn't selected in the England squad. Towards the middle of the box, and Charlie Adams heads it into goal to, to make it 1-1. Nunes, sort of the talk of the town right now in terms of his improved form in the last few weeks, had another great game. Despite playing a little bit out of position, he was playing more on the left wing in this game. Opens his goal, scoring the count. A lovely dinked pass by Harvey Elliott over the Southampton defence. And Nunes applies a cushioned left-footed finish to hit the bottom corner. So great goal from Nunes there. The third goal was probably the move of the game, in my opinion. Lovely interchange between Firmino and Robertson, who hits a low cross. And a flying Nunes sliding to score his second goal of the game. Southampton didn't give up. They tried to get the equaliser and they were very close. Allison had to produce a fantastic late save from uh, Adams' header to make sure Liverpool left Anfield with the three points, which thankfully they did. So despite a poor start to the season, I guess they finished the first half in good form. They're now currently in sixth place. Let's hope for Liverpool's sake, the players that are participating in the World Cup stay injury-free so we can go again after Christmas. In terms of latest news regarding takeover, there's all sorts of rumours. There's always a, a businessman from this country here and there linked with the club, but at this stage, there is no further developments. But I'm sure during the World Cup, we might hear some more concrete news as my expectation is that something will be wrapped up before January, but we'll see, we'll see how that goes. The next game, Newcastle versus Chelsea. So Newcastle managed to get a huge win over Chelsea to claim first point in the league. And to be fair, it was fairly deserved. They started on the front foot for most of the game. They came close to scoring with Almiron and Longstaff as well, but their efforts went over the bar. Chelsea almost broke the deadlock despite their lacklustre performance with a great effort from Gallagher outside of the box. It was fantastically saved by Nick Pope, but it was Willock who took charge and smashed the ball to get the winner for the Toonami. It looks like Graham Potter is still trying to find the winning formula at Chelsea, but with that, the team is suffering. They're producing below-par performances and aren't getting the results either at this moment in time. But Newcastle, on the other hand, they're flying right now. I'm sure David probably didn't want the World Cup to come right now because they're in such rich vein of form. But nevertheless, they should probably still be excited in terms of what comes after the World Cup as they have a lot to offer. Could they make a challenge for top four? Honestly, I wouldn't rule it out. I think they're playing as well as anyone in the league and there's no assurances for any team that they will get top four, top six, whatever their target was at the beginning of the season. It's very much an open field right now, so who knows? Uh, makes an exciting battle for top four, I guess, as the season commences. Next game, Tom, Tottenham versus Leeds United. For such a defense-minded team, Tottenham don't like keeping clean sheets, do they? Um, that's another encounter where full of goals, and, and they were attacking from behind as well, but they managed to nick the win. The man in form for Leeds United, some of it opens the scoreline with a great finish in the box. Kane gets the equaliser with a half volley from the corner. 
I think personally Spurs were a bit lucky on this one as the Leeds United keeper. Melier was pushed by two players in the lead up despite punching the ball. So, yeah, VAR was asleep for that moment there. That decision for me pretty much fired up the crowd and the Leeds United team as Rodrigo hits a great snapshot to take the lead. But Spurs get the equaliser with Gulusevsky setting up Kane who applies the finish from close range. Again, Spurs concede another goal. Uh, tale of their story, isn't it? Uh, with Rodrigo, who was in great form this game, claiming his second goal with a lovely left foot strike um, into the bottom corner. But it was a surprising match win, in my opinion. Bentancourt, who's normally known for his defensive duties there, grabbed the headlines as he strikes the ball from the middle of the box. Slight deflection for the first goal. And uh, he gets a second goal as well with a tapping. So, overall... Tottenham got the win, but they don't seem to be in control of the games that they're playing. They show the fighting spirit, which is something you like to see in your team, but not in every 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 fixture. So, nevertheless, they're still fourth in the league right now. So, positive in terms of where they are in the in the league, but they need to improve their performance going forward, in my opinion. Next game, Wolves versus Arsenal. Another new manager in the name of. Lopetegui, um, who takes charge in his first Premier League game for Wolves. Wolves possibly should have had a penalty in the first half as Saliba fouls Guedes in the box. Again, VAR seemed to be asleep on that one as well. Didn't catch that at all. Guedes did have another chance as he goes through on goal, but he hits it high and wide. Gabriel Jesus had a couple of chances, but fails to convert. I think he has been a good sign. I know a lot of people are lauding all sorts of plaudits about him being one of the best signings of the season. He's he's definitely changed the, the level of play at Arsenal. But for me, he's very inconsistent in front of goals. So if Arsenal are to be considered as serious title challenges, he needs to improve his finishing as a lack of goals will definitely play a part going forward. So... So, yeah, overall play, he's very good. But I think he needs to definitely work on his finishing there. But having said that, he played a part in the opening goal as he threads the through ball to Fabio Vieira, who then cuts in a clever pass to Odegaard and he pretty much scores an open goal there. Odegaard gets his second goal as he smashed it in through a half volley from a corner. So, overall, a great win for the Gunners as they remain top of the league. I was looking at stats earlier on and teams that are normally top of the league at this stage of the season normally go on to win the league. So a little bit of a positive omen there for, for Arsenal fans. So, yeah, for me, still a long way to go. See how it, how it ends. The final game, uh, Fulham versus Manchester United. So a tough evening for the Red Devils. But for me, they managed to fight their way through and grab the win in a difficult match. Craven Cottage is one of those grounds where you really have to be on top of your game as it's such a small stadium. The fans are right on you as well. But they managed to win on this occasion. Uh, United scored the first goal with Bruno Fernandes hitting a deflected pass towards Eriksen and he scores uh, from open range. Former United winger Daniel James gets the equaliser for Fulham with a tap-in. It's a great cross by Kearney to set up Daniel James there. The young man, Ganacho seals the deal to grab Maynard, his winner. 
Uh, we were great one-two with Ericsson to lead up to this move and his, a nice little forward finish. Now, some United fans are comparing Ganacho to a young CR7 when he broke into the, uh, the United team as an 18-year-old. For me, that's a bit of far-fetched. Don't get me wrong, he looks like a good talent, but when United, United signed Ronaldo, he, you could tell there was a very, very special player there. I don't really see that in Gonacho at this stage. Might be wrong, but we'll see as the season progresses. And speaking of Ronaldo, <laughs> he seems to have broke the internet in the last few days with the short clips uh, of his interview with, with uh, Piers Morgan, revealing his distress at the club and how senior figures, including the coach, are trying to get rid of him. He also made some comments about the club that they haven't evolved since Sir Alex Ferguson has left the club. So now as a neutral, you know, I won't speak as a Liverpool fan because I'll just be smiling nonstop because I couldn't care less. But as a neutral, he has a point to some extent in terms of the club hasn't evolved. They've gone backwards and despite the financial wealth and the financial power that they have with their owners, they haven't invested smartly in the right players. Now, I'll probably say Ronaldo comes into that same bracket for some because... I think there was a bit more of a nostalgia with that signing, but was he the right type of signing at this stage of United's sort of path? I, I don't think it was. But you can tell he's fed up. He was trying to push for a move earlier in the summer. He doesn't feel valued. That might be more of an ego thing where, you know, he, let's be honest, he's a winner. So for him to come to a Manchester United that are below par, underperforming, He's not used to playing for a team like that and he's not definitely not used to sitting on the bench. He even mentioned how surprised he was by Liverpool fans who actually played uh, Manchester United after the sudden loss of his baby daughter. He said that the club showed no empathy and even accused him of lying about it or they weren't aware of um, his daughter's death, which is a terrible thing to, to even say to someone. So for me, this interview was the final straw for Ronaldo. He wants to leave. So he wants to cut ties as soon as possible. I think he'll certainly leave in the, in the January window. You know, for United fans, a bit of a shame because, as I mentioned, it was a nostalgia signing. So there must be a bit of love loss in terms of his relationship with the club and the fans now. You won't be hearing any grown men saying sue anytime soon, uh, which is probably a bit of a relief. But United fans or everyone in general, drop your comments below. Let me know what your thoughts of the whole Ronaldo saga. Was he right to, you know, <laughs> dish the dirt of how he feels and how the club are treating him? You know, the interview, I believe, comes out tomorrow and Thursday. So I've got my popcorn ready. So let's see. Let's see how the whole 90-minute unfolds as it's a one-hour-and-a-half um, interview, which will be interesting. But So that's my uh, Match Week 16 review. Before I conclude, I will announce the FPL Manager of the Week. So that goes to Daniel Afalai Domina. I can't say your, <laughs> your team name because you're trying to get me in trouble here. But well done to you, Daniel. Um, you've got 81 points, which is fantastic because a lot of the average points, I think, was around... 50, 60, so you definitely surpassed everyone. You're doing really well in the league. 
But FPL pretty much on hold now as there's no more Premier League until Christmas. But for Football Talk Podcast, doesn't stop us from creating any more content. I will be doing World Cup episodes, so please make sure to follow me on Instagram at aussie.ftp on Twitter at aussieftp for all the latest announcements regarding upcoming shows. I will be posting my team of the season so far on social media, and I will also post it on YouTube as one of uh, the shorts that they call it. So I'll do a shorts clip as well for you guys to view. So get involved, share your thoughts and comments. I know a lot of people might have disagreements with my selection, so it'll be interesting to see what you guys think. So, yes, if you haven't already, please don't forget to like, comment, share and subscribe. Don't forget to hit that notification bell. We'll be doing a lot of content for the World Cup. And that concludes the show for tonight. So thank you for tuning in. Take care, stay safe, and I hope to see you all very soon. Good night. (music) 